Thanks for joining us for today's message. We want to encourage you to visit NBCOcala.com if you have a story to share about how God is working in your life or if you would like to support this ministry financially. Today we're hearing a message from our new series entitled, His, Not Mine. It's easy to assume more will make us happy and solve our problems. But what if the solution is to wisely manage what we've already been given? Today, we're discovering how to steward our blessings and belongings for His glory. Amen. Help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we do from time to time uh, God stories, and they're short videos. Uh, we have kind of different categories that we do those. Some, sometimes it's something awesome some God has done in someone's life or maybe just kind of their story to, again, show God's faithfulness. And then other times, just how a life kind of gets integrated with the life of the church. And uh, we've got something starting back up. We took the month of July off, uh, starting back up today called Growth Track. Who is it that we want to go through Growth Track? Everybody. And if you haven't been through it today, it'd be a good day to hop in. Uh, it's going on right now during this service, but you stay here. And then it's going on during the next service as well. And uh, so quickly, I wanted to show you a, a, a God story that relates to, to Growth Track. I think you're going to enjoy this. My name is John. And I'm Janet. Uh, we've been married for about 40 years, and we have two daughters, Erin and Heather. And a wonderful son-in-law, Lee, who is like a son to us, and two beautiful grandchildren. I think growth track is uh, something I know Pastor Tim says, you know, who should go through it, everyone should go through it. And, and I agree with that because we had been coming, and I guess we, for lack of a better term, we were like bench warmers. We were sitting on the bench. We weren't participating in the game. And we, we'd come for nearly two years off and on before we actually joined and went through growth track. We both have always been very serving-minded. Um, I know we took care of your parents for how long? Over 20 years. My dad had Alzheimer's. And then my mom, as she aged, also developed Alzheimer's. And so we took care of her also. And I don't know. I've, I've always felt like a serving heart, and that's what God's wanted me to do. And when we came to this church, I just fell in love with VIP. If I can help somebody feel comfortable when they come in, because it, it is intimidating at first walking into a large church. It was, it, it was just a good fit for both of us. And what's really amazing about that is that, you know, everybody that comes in, they have skeletons in their closet. That's why they come. They come because they're broken and they want to get fixed. And we are the first impression that they uh, have when they come through the door, and we want, we want it to be a good one. And I think going through growth track, it makes, you, it makes you feel like you're part of something, you know, being part of this church. And I think, you know, it's really inspiring to go through that simply because you know that your intent is to learn more about the church, but you also want to serve. And people, most for the most part, where God's made us and created us to serve others. And if you're standing on the sidelines and you're not really doing that and you're thinking about it, and, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are coming to church and they're probably doing the two-year spent that we did. I would encourage them to get off the bench, go to growth track. Uh, it'll be well worth it. It, it, it. You can't believe how beneficial it is. 
I guess to, to finish by, I'd like to say that, you know, Janet and I have been married for 40 years, and after that 40 years, I finally have her where she wants me, right here at Meadowbrook. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. Yeah. Thank you, John and Janet. And actually, today is their 40th anniversary, so I get, give that up for them, too. All right. All right, we're going we're gonna to hop into the Word here real quick. Before that, y'all pray for me because my heart is uh, a little heavy and hurting today. I had to take my Greta, my youngest daughter, back to college yesterday. And thank God it's only in Lakeland. <laughs> Could have been Anchorage or somewhere, you know. But uh, Dad's one kind of special girl, and we had just an amazing summer with her home. So she's starting her sophomore year there. So uh, very proud of her. Uh, let me mention to you that this Wednesday night, we're going to have habitation service, first Wednesday night of every month. It's habitation. We kind of slow things down just a little bit, uh, expand a little in praise and worship and, and ministry and so forth. So you won't want to miss that. And so that's, that's this coming Wednesday. And uh, then what else do I have? Oh, our Step Forward campaign. If you remember, we did that. And you guys were so gracious and generous uh, to fund fully what, what we were needing to do around here. And so uh, we wanted to resurface, redo the, the parking lot and the lining for that. And uh, check, that got done. Uh, redo the outside of the building. We are really in striking distance there. Almost done with that, so check. And then all of the hallways and classrooms for next gen. We are so close on that. As a matter of fact, it should all be done. There's painting going on right now. And then a, a group called Wacky World is coming in. Um, they do like Rainforest Cafe and some Disney, uh, Disney things and that kind of thing. They'll be coming in over the next two weeks and putting on the finishing touches. So like two weeks from today, uh, we should be done with all that. And I just wanted to thank you again for your generosity. Uh, that you paid for that in full. I, I'm not coming to you today say, we needed to get money for this. I want to thank you that you already took care of that. And uh, so we'll be seeing the full benefit of that here real, real close. So uh, give yourselves a good hand this morning for that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're in a series called His Not Mine. Everybody say, His Not Mine. And first week we talked about ownership and stewardship and realizing he's the owner, we're the stewards, it's his, it's not mine. And then last week we took a little bit of different turn there that his ways are better than my ways, his thoughts better than my thoughts, his not mine. And uh, we had a very, very important uh, message last week uh, just kind of framing our response and perspective uh, after the Supreme Court ruling on same-sex marriage. And uh, we had a tremendous week last week uh, sharing that. And if you weren't here, I really encourage you, go back onto our archives, pick up a CD, listen on the podcast, whatever, because it's important that we know in these days, how do we carry ourselves? How do we think about these things? And uh, we've had tremendous uh, response and feedback, how, how shall I say this, from people on all sides of the equation, uh, grateful for uh, the truth of God's word. And, and you have to present truth with grace. And when that comes together, then like we said, that creates a space where God can work. And so please go back, even if you were here, go back and hear that message again, just so that you know how, how to frame that and walk, and walk that out. Amen? All right, let's dive right in. You ready for the word? All right, that was kind of weak over there, but, but we're, we're... All right, Psalm 24, let's start right there. The earth is the Lord's. 
And everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Would you read that with me? The earth is the Lord's. Everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Say it, his, not mine. What's his, not mine? Everything. The earth, everything, world, people, me, you, all your stuff, all that. It's his, is not mine. And it's important that we settle this issue of ownership and stewardship. If you are still confused about the fact that you're the owner, then you've got to provide for yourself. You've got to protect yourself. You've got to figure this whole thing out, and you wear yourself out. And uh, you set yourself up, really, for a life of fear and frustration and fighting because it's mine, mine, mine. When you are able to, to understand and settle this issue of stewardship, then you can enter into a rest and into a peace, into a contentment, into uh, really a confidence that God is going to take care of me. This is God's, I'm God's, and God knows how to take care of what is his. Can we get, a, get an amen on that? And so what we do is, is we tend to, if we don't have that resolved, we tend to fuss and stress about mine and me first and, uh, you know, all of those things. I, I heard about a mom. She was uh, cooking pancakes for her little boys. She had a boy named Kevin. He was five. And a boy named Ryan. He was three. And she's cooking them pancakes. And they're in at the, at the counter in the, in the kitchen. And they start fussing and arguing about who's going to get the first pancake. And so she saw this as a good opportunity to, you know, teach them a little lesson, moral lesson. So she said, boys, boys, she goes, if Jesus were here, he would say, um, give my brother the first pancake. I can wait. And so Kevin turned to his younger brother and said, Ryan, you be Jesus. <laughs> Works for me, huh? All right. But it's so freeing to get out of the me first mind kind of thing. Look with me in First Peter chapter 4. Each of you, that's you. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And I'll say this again, but we serve God by serving others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. If anyone speaks, and let me point out to you, this is what I call a for instance verse. There are many of them in scripture. If anyone speaks, for instance, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, another for instance, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And so this brings us really to our, our goal in life. And, this, and, and if we'll make this our goal, you're going to simplify your life. And here's what it is. It's two-pronged. It's first of all that we please God that we please God. And the second thing is this, that we help people. We help people. And if you will just dial that in and center up on that, okay, what I want to do every day and, and every day the rest of my life is please God and help people. I'm telling you what, life is going to be simpler. Life is going to be way better for you as well. So this morning, I want to share with you something that we refer to as T4, T4, okay? And you're familiar with this. We're going to break it down, and then we're going to add something to T4. We're going to add something I'm going to call A5, okay? And so when you put T4 
and A5 together, do you know what you get? Bingo. Now, there's a game called bingo, but there's also the, that word bingo means it's kind of like the light comes on. You have that aha moment, and uh, I'm, that's what I'm hoping to drive uh, toward today. Now, I believe that when you couple T4 and A5, okay, uh, and, and I'm just using that to help us get a, a handle, a label on this, something happens, and I believe this, I believe that you're going to see God at work in and through your life more than you have before when you get all this together. And again, it's about what? Please God and help people. I also believe that you're going to be able to sense his leading in your life a whole lot more clear than you do now. See, when you're trying to do things with God's things his way, you're going to hear from him in in a good way. And I also believe that the level of your joy and blessing will go up. How many of you could use your joy to come up a couple of notches here, okay? And, and when you are participating with God in this way, I believe that, that that will happen. So let's break this down real quick. Your T4 is, first of all, your time, your talent. Say it if you know it. Your treasure and your touch. So let's go over it real quick. Time, talent, treasure, and touch. And here's the reality. God has entrusted each of you with all of these. He's entrusted each of you with all of these. You have time, talent, treasure, and touch. But guess what? They're, they're his, not mine. And that's what we have to realize. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. And first of all, let's just talk about time. Everybody say time with me this morning. All right. We have, we spend 86,400 seconds every day. There are 525,600 minutes in a year. There are 24 hours a day, we know that, and we spend, an average lifespan, 28,000 days. So you're going to live roughly 28,000 days. You say, oh, good, I've got plenty of time. No, I figured mine out a little bit in my mind the other day. I'm over 20,000 days already. And so here's the deal. It's limited. It's valuable. It's meaningful to us. And there's no pause button on time. Have you noticed that? Don't you wish there was a pause button on time? There's no rewind button. There's no reverse button. Don't you wish we had a time machine? Don't you wish we had something like this? How many of you would wish for a couple of do-overs? It's like, y'all wait right here. I'll be back. You know? And uh, I wish we had some sort of time machine, uh, but we don't. We don't. And here's the reality. How you spend your time is how you spend your life. All right, you didn't want this, but I'll go ahead and give it to you. And how you waste your time is how you waste your life as well. James tells us in James chapter 4 that life is just a vapor. It's that morning fog. It just seems to burn off in no time. I mean, time flies. Time flies. It's like life is here and it is gone. You know, this summer I turned 56 years old, and it seems like just two months ago I was starting junior high. Anybody with me on this? How how many of you remember your first day of school? How many of you had schools when you were a kid? Okay. Okay. You know, and it's... It's like, what happened? You know, yesterday we dropped Greta off at at college, and I thought, now hang on a minute. How did this happen? You know, and time just is is rushing. Life is a vapor. 
and it is here and it, it is gone. There are two people, and I don't say this to startle you, there are two people that were with us in service last week that are no longer with us. You know, and that, that hits me, that touches me. You know, there are two people that were in service with us last week and they're not here. Now they're both in their reward. They're, they're doing better than we are, okay? But I mean, we're here though and we're to make this count. We're to make our time count. The psalmist said in Psalm 90 verse 12, he said, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. Uh, one of the more modern uh, paraphrases says, help us to make our days count. Help us to make our days count. Look at this in Ephesians chapter five. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. In other words, we could say this as well. If you don't make the best use of your time and, and, and use your opportunities right, your days are gonna get messed up because the default setting is evil days. But if you'll operate right in this and use the wisdom of God, you'll make the best use of time. Here's the deal. I've got time, you've got time, but it's his, not mine. Amen? Secondly, let's move on. Talent. Talent. Everybody say talent with me today. You all have talent. Skills, gifts, abilities, a knack, a bent towards something. Each of you has talents. Now, the thing is, life and the world around us tends to try to uh, taint that or minimize that, but you need to realize that you have talents. Look at this in Philemon 6. It's just one, one chapter, one short chapter. Paul is writing and he says that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Well, I don't know about you, but I want the sharing of my faith to be effective. I, I don't know about you, but I want the sharing of my faith to be effective. Well, here's a key to it, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement, the recognition of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Here's part of what you need to do concerning talent, your gifts, your skills, and so forth, is you need to acknowledge every good thing that is in you. Look at me. You have greatness in you. I know it's hard to hear, but you have greatness in you. See, everybody else has made fun of you on things in your life and this or that. But, but listen to me. God planted greatness in you. I'm going to keep telling you till you believe me here. God put greatness in you. You have greatness in you. You have talents and gifts and abilities and a knack towards things. You're passionate about some things. Some things are just easy for you. Some things you just see how to do. You see other people do some things and you wonder why they don't know how to do it this way. You know? And, and what that is, is God has put greatness in you. But here's the thing about the greatness that's in you. Don't brag. Look at this in Proverbs 27. Let another man praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. How many of you know that bragging is very unbecoming? Well, I'm concerned that a lot of people haven't heard that, so I'm here to tell you about it today. Can you, can you imagine if I came out here today and go, you know, God has so blessed me. <laughs> I am just on, you know. It's all God, but I am awesome. You know? It's just the way I carry myself. <laughs> and I'm humble. <laughs> handsome. God. All the glory to God, but I'm telling you, 
I'm amazing. How many of you know that's disgusting? And you got some people, let me tell you, when I was in junior high, I should have been an Olympian. And I mean, it's all this stuff. And, and let it go, okay? And realize that any talent you have is what? It's, it's his. It's, it's not, not ours. Recognize it's in you, though. You better recognize it and steward it and maximize it in your life and use your talents for God. Remember that we serve God by serving people. You have talents. You have greatness in you. But, but again, it's his. It's his, not mine. Let's move on to treasure. Treasure. Everybody say treasure. treasure. That's money and resources and means and possessions. The world's mindset is this. Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on your can. <laughs> That's not our approach. We need to realize that uh, my son Lee, one of the offering teachings he did recently, he talked about, you know, it's not about fill my cup. It's like, Lord, let me be a funnel. It's not just getting to you, but getting through you. And God, God is your source. Let's look at a couple things. In Matthew 25, Jesus uh, gave this parable. He said he gave five bags of silver to one. What are the differences here? Two bags of silver to another. This is so not politically correct that people are going to get different things. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to what? Their abilities, their capacity to handle things. He then left on his trip. Look at this in Luke chapter 16. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Look in the book of Acts here. Then the disciples, each according to his what? To his ability, to his capacity, to his faithfulness, determined to send relief. This was finances, this was treasure to the brethren dwelling in Judea. And so what we realize is all of us have different capacities, okay? And I think it's directly related to faithfulness. If you are faithful in little, God can trust you with more. I believe even in the world, in relationships and business, if you can be trusted with little, you can be trusted with more. If you can't be trusted with little, it's not going to come to you. And if it does come to you, the proverb says, if it comes to you, and, and I'm adding, I'm paraphrasing here, and you don't have the character and the faithfulness already built in you, you'll blow it. Case in point, people win the lottery. An inheritance comes quickly to them. Suddenly they get signed for the NBA or a big movie or a record deal or whatever, and they don't have the character. They, don't have, they, they will blow through that money, destroy their families, and destroy their lives because it's just too much. It's too much for what? It's too much for their capacity, their ability. And so what we have to do is just be happy and faithful with what you have. And as you're faithful with that, Scripture shows there will be increase in your life. Are y'all, are y'all following me here? But we've got to be faithful with it. And as, as we handle that in the right way, then God can, he can trust us with more. But we've got to live generously. Live generously. And when you live generously, and, and let, me, let me throw this in too. If, if you have less than somebody else, and I promise you do, if you have less than somebody else, don't make it an issue. And if you have more than somebody else, and I promise you do, don't make that an issue. Just be faithful and grateful with what you have and then be generous with what you have. Amen? And as you're generous, you commit yourself to living a generous life, I'm going to promise you on God's scripture, and I can promise you on the testimonies of thousands of people, 
that when you make it your business to be generous, God will always, always make sure that you're able to be generous. Generosity should be a condition in your soul. Uh, may it be said of you that you're generous. I think y'all are one of the most generous congregations there is. And, you, you know, Pastor Heron came to me after uh, when first service, uh, second service started, and he told me just the overwhelming response just already on fill the bus. You know, and, and what are we doing? Bringing stuff to help some kids who otherwise may not have so that when they go back to school, they've got their backpack, they've got their supplies and stuff. Who does that? Generous people. Generous people. Amen. So we have treasure, but it's his, not mine. Can I get an amen on that? Let's go ahead. Touch. Touch. Everybody say touch. I am talking about physical touch in one way here. Hugs, pats on the back and so forth. What it does, it brings encouragement. It puts courage into somebody. Strength, help. There's power in physical touch. Um, it's one of the first acquired senses. You know, a baby needs touch. It helps them to bond and does so many things. Um, physiologically, psychologically, in so many ways. Emotionally, it just helps just touch. A person in prison that's put into solitary confinement, they're deprived of human touch and it affects you. We also use the word touch. Someone touched my life. You know, if somebody's ever touched your life, you know, in a good way, then you know that they helped you, they motivated you, they encouraged you, they made some kind of difference in your life. We should want to touch lives in that way. And I want to encourage all of you. You still with me? All of you. Take the time. Be intentional. Um, Be honoring with touch. Be honorable with touch. Look at me for this one. Don't be creepy. (laughs) And don't come to church and I'm going to just touch people. Yeah. (laughs) But hug and... A hand on somebody's shoulder, squeeze their shoulder, their arm, a pat on the back, hold a hand, squeeze a hand, fist bumps, high fives. We do it in joy. We do it in grief. We do it in times of uncertainty. You know, have you ever seen a friend, you know, and you say, how are you doing? They go, you know what? I could really use a hug. Psychologists and sociologists tell us that, that we need 12 hugs a day. I know some of y'all thought that was a year, but it's a... <laughs> It's a day, a day. Three just to survive, six to maintain, nine to make some progress, and 12 hugs a day so that you can thrive. And I just feel it's important. Paul was big at the, in all of his writings on greeting one another and, and, and sending greetings and how you interact with one another. I just feel it's very, very important. Um, touch, let's just talk about it a little bit. Hopefully... It happens when you, when you come. You know, Eric, would you, you come real quick? This Eric. He's been with us since birth. He's a long time. <laughs> Every time I see this guy, we touch somehow. Not creepy. <laughs> a hug, a handshake, pat on the back or something. There's times he's busy because he helps with a lot of things, you know, volunteering at the church. You know, he'll walk by and we didn't, you know, just catch eye or whatever, but I'll pat him on the shoulder or something. I just think it's good. I just think it's healthy. It's, it's good for us. And, and, you know, to shake a hand, to do fist bump, to do high five. Now, hold on, slow down, because we're both white guys. We got to get this. All right, we got, got that one. Right. Uh, we did all right. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, when you see, and, and let me tell you, it, it's okay to hug people. It's, it's okay to hug people and hug my brother. And, and when you, and brothers, when you hug a sister, you know, church can get really weird about that. Okay. And sometimes it's creepy. And, and if it's creepy, ladies, just, you can all, you can just say, that was creepy. Okay. But this one is equally creepy to me. And it's like, you know, you be the girl in this one. And okay, I'll be the girl. But it's this hug. That makes me weird as well. It's just like, just be normal with this and, and just learn to. You know, touch is so valuable. I've had several people this morning say to me, I, I could just use a hug. And, you know, let's honor that. Let's be honorable in doing that. You know, and as we come together, we're the family of God. You know, and we need this and we need to encourage each other. Because, you know what, out in the world... It's going to get creepy at times. Well, it's going to get creepy. And so let's make sure that we're handling that right. But touch is such a valuable, valuable thing in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, buddy. Okay, that was creepy. Sorry, bro. Touch. It's his, not mine. Amen. So we got time, talent, treasure, and touch. And now I want to take all of that, and let me give you, take our T4, and we're going to add A5 to it. Now, and when we put T4 and A5 together, what do we get? There you go. Bingo. Bingo. So quickly, let's, let's go through this. The first one is this, acknowledge. Acknowledge. Is that it? Acknowledge. There it is. Acknowledge. Now think of T4, my time, talent, treasure, touch. Acknowledge that you have it. Acknowledge that you have those things and realize that they're his. Acknowledge that they need to be used right. Be intentional about this. And acknowledge that without him, I have nothing. Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I am nothing. Without him, I know nothing. We've got to acknowledge that. Secondly, Ask, ask, ask God, how do you want me to use my time, my talent, my treasure, my touch? Ask, what do you want to see happen with these things? And ask God, send me opportunities today. Ask him every day. God, send opportunities for me today to use my time, my talent, treasure, and touch. And help me not to miss those. And then the next one is always, always, always be cheerful. Psalm 100 says, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Paul told us, never grudgingly or under compulsion. I think that there should be serving without size. This kind of sigh. I mean, if you're helping somebody, you shouldn't be dragging your tail about it. Here you go. And I think you should give without groaning. I'll give you a ride. <clears throat> Serve without size, give without groaning. Next one is this, awareness. I think we should have a holy awareness that you're working with God. I think something happens when you acknowledge my time, 
talent, treasure, touch. It's not mine. It's his. And you're trying to use it the way he wants to. You should have a holy awareness that you're working with God. And that you can never outgive God. And it's a holy, humbling honor to use your T4 for God. And then last is assignments. Assignments. Look for them. Look for them. They're going to happen at work. They're going to happen coming and going from the grocery store, coming and going from church. Your neighbor, a need, something's going to come up. And you know what? You better listen. And you know where your biggest ear is? It's right here in your heart. And listen, set your heart, set the ear of your spirit toward God. And he's going to show you opportunities. Ask God, God, don't let me miss these opportunities. Because I tell you what, it's in those moments. It's in those places. That's, what, that's when you're going to see God at work in your life and through your life. Those are the times that you're going to really be able to hear and know that I'm being led by God. You're going to, his leading will be clear. And as a result of all of that, guess what's going to happen? Your blessing level, your joy level, your confidence level is going to go up. And so what is the goal? What is the goal for all of us? It's to please God and it's to help people. And when you and I will do that, when we get our T4 and our A5 together, what, what, what do we get? Bingo. Bingo. I'm telling you, there's the moment. That's when it comes together. We're fully realizing it's his, not mine. And that is the best, most powerful posture that you will ever have on this planet. I'm going to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today?